0: Welcome back to the show, folks. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. We take our listeners from captive to indie to market domination. I am the conductor on this little crazy train that we've all been riding now for 45 episodes. 45, that is fantastic. This episode is no slouch, it comes hard at you. My guest is Mr. Tyler Asher, the national president of IA Distribution, for Liberty Mutual and Safeco. Tyler is responsible for billion dollars, billions and billions of dollars of premium going through the IA distribution uh, channel for Liberty Mutual and Safeco. He and I have a very engaging, uh, just enjoyable, interesting conversation on a variety of topics, uh, talking about some things that, you know, I hear a lot of feedback from uh, my peers Uh, In in these groups on social and in the conversations that I have, you know, questions that people have about what is Liberty up to? What are they doing? Why do they operate in certain ways? Can we really trust them as a partner? Uh, What's up with Comparion, uh, their in-house agency, and other things that we get all the way into in this conversation? I'm really happy with how this turned out. It was about two months in the making, and I think you're going to like what you hear. If you are just joining us, or you have started listening recently, I highly suggest that you go back uh, to Episode 1 and go through Episode 7. It really lays the foundation for what we're doing here. Uh, I don't like repeating myself, so I'll just go ahead and uh, direct you to where I said things the first time to kind of lay out the concept, the framework of what you can expect from this podcast. So that's it. As we jump into the bumper here and get into my interview with Mr. Tyler Asher, I will ask you uh, three very simple favors. First, subscribe to AFP on the platform of your choice. Second, drop us a review if you like what you hear. And if you don't, please, for the love of God, just email me at podcast at and tell me exactly what I need to do to make this useful to you and earn ourselves another fan. I really am working hard to make sure that this is exactly what you need, listener. So uh, lastly is simply share this podcast with someone in your circle who needs it, either because they're a captive or they're a recent uh, jump over to the IA, or they just want to make their agency better. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump right to the bumper. This is episode 45 of the Agency Freedom Podcast.
1: Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free this is the agency freedom podcast
0: there is so much i wish i would have known before i made the freedom jump to the independent side i mean even now i feel like i'm learning something new every single month
1: we're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your
0: freedom My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man, it's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way.
1: We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country
0: with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go.
2: Thanks for uh, the technology behind the scenes that lets us just jump right into the interview, which now that I look down, I see that that happened about six seconds ago. So Tyler Asher, Liberty Mutual and Safeco. Really appreciate you joining me for this conversation. I know you are exceptionally busy uh, running one of the largest distribution channels for one of the largest insurance carriers in the world. Uh, so this is a real treat for us and for our audience. Thanks for joining us, man.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, James.
2: So we, I reached out to you specifically because your role as the president of Independent Agent Distribution for Liberty and Safeco Man, you bring so much to the table from a conversation perspective. Just from what you see day in and out in the industry as a whole, in the IA channel in particular. And I I don't mind saying it uh, publicly. Sorry, other carriers listening, but Liberty is one of my very favorite carriers. I have publicly stated that Chubb for the white collar and Liberty for the blue collar is, is really our two main focuses in commercial production. Uh, in 22. Uh, so, I, I will say that to you as I have to everybody else. I'm a really big fan of of the company that you represent. Uh, so, that is win in your sales, my friend. Uh, before we jump into this list of questions here that we've been uh, able to, to get nailed down with your team, I would love for you to share kind of your background as a professional, how you got to this point uh, in your career and anything that you want our listening audience to be aware of just so you have some context here because i know you and i haven't ever spoken face to face before the majority of the people listening to this podcast are either still in the captive world and they're preparing to make their jump or they're generally early stage agency principles we we have some people that have a lot of experience that just find me entertaining for whatever reason but most of the audience <laughs> is either an early-stage agency principal or they're somewhere in the middle of what we call the freedom jump, moving from the captive world to the IA channel. So uh, take it away, my friend. I'm handing you the microphone.
4: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words in your intro there. I mean, i uh, it's hard to believe I've been with the industry now for 23 years, uh, and I've been incredibly fortunate to work in the independent agency channel for the entirety of that. So uh, my role as, as president of independent agency distribution means – I wake up every day with my team, and we're solely focused on how do we help agents win in the market, you know, today, and prepare to win tomorrow. So, you know, as you mentioned, we, we certainly uh, see a lot, and we're really excited about where the channel is today uh, and where we think it's headed, you know, over the next, you know, five to ten years. We think there's never been a more exciting time for the independent agent system than right now.
2: No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, wh- where did you, you come from? Have you been with Liberty Safeco for the entirety of this 23 years, or has there been a journey to get to this point?
4: Yeah, actually, I started with Safeco uh, 23 years ago, right out of college. So, um, I came into, and at the time, I'm in Seattle, uh, University of Washington, where I went uh, to school, it was just two blocks away from the Safeco headquarters. Um, so it ended up being a by chance thing. It wasn't a planned career in insurance. I just really enjoyed what I was doing. I liked the problems the industry was trying to solve. Uh, and I thought, uh, I was was having some fun. So I decided to stick with it. So my initial plan was to go to law school. So I was trying to buy some time. Uh, Safeco was, you know, intended to be a short-term thing as I took the LSAT and applied to schools. Um, and I started, you know, in corporate finance. So lots of different roles in corporate finance, financial planning and analysis, accounting. I worked on a mergers and acquisitions team for a while, uh, and then eventually made my way over to distribution. And I guess it's been about six years since I took over as president of Safeco Insurance and then Liberty Small Commercial about three years ago.
2: Fantastic! No, I, I'm not at all surprised to hear that you didn't, you know, grow up looking forward to a career in insurance. <laughs> I, you know, in all of my years of doing this, I've only met maybe two or three people uh, that that felt that way, other than you know the second or third generation people who you know grew up in an insurance family. So, no, that's great. No, when, when you look at at where Liberty and Safeco is, and I'm skipping around a little bit here because I want to give you the opportunity to promo the company that you have been with for 23 years. Yeah. What is Liberty Safeco's unique strength in the marketplace, just in a, in a holistic sense? Where, where do you guys think your just knockout punch is coming from?
4: I mean, I think it comes back to like our promise to agents. And in our culture internally, is really built around the premise that we will be unwavering champions for independent agents. That is a brand promise that we're committed to doing more than any other carrier to help agents thrive in the market today and tomorrow. And that's just not something we say. That's how we think about investments we make, investments we make, how we prioritize products we launch to market, how we go about listening to agents, incorporating their feedback into how we design things. And so it really is core to who we are. Um, we're you know very encouraged by the fact that agents are seeing that as well. Um, the Channel Harvest Study is one of the biggest agency surveys out there. And it asks a question that's really important to us. It asks, is there a carrier who does more than any other to help your agency's overall success? Someone who is a champion for independent agents. And both Safeco for Personal Lines and Liberty Small Commercial for four years running have been number one uh, and continue to widen that gap over the nearest competitor. And that's something we're proud of because it means that message is coming through, Uh, but we're also encouraged because we know there's more to do. Uh, And our commitment is to continue to really leverage the scale, the capabilities that we have as a national organization to position the independent agency system to continue to thrive and continue to be incredibly healthy. So first and foremost is culture. What are we about as an organization? How do we go to market? Um, The other piece is, you know, we are a large national organization. We're a top three writer uh, through independent agents in personal lines. We're number two, small commercial. We're top three. Um, we're very large, and that scale gives us the wherewithal to continue to invest in the channel, continue to invest in things that help agents grow and win, continue to invest in new technology and new products. Uh, and we think that's really critical as we move forward.
2: You know, I, I was really encouraged to see and learn about the backstory of how openly as a carrier came to be with, you know, the blessing of the mothership, so to speak, you know, spinning them off in a different direction, obviously significantly different in, in, you know, vision and market position other than Liberty or Safeco. Uh, but to hear so many people at openly speak with such glowing praise for their experience at Liberty and for, you know, from the top down, the vision and values and the way that Liberty operates with that blue ocean mentality. Uh, it, it really says a lot about a carrier and a leadership team when so many people that don't even work there anymore still have very positive things to say, uh, and you know, have that collaboration and, and colleague and peer kind of vibe to the words that they speak. So, uh, you know, from, from my local experience, uh, from Dennis Non in my rep, all the way through the various underwriters and people and claims, uh, you know, it, everybody that I can name at Liberty, I have had a, you know, individually but also categorically positive experience. As someone who only has, I mean, I haven't even hit half a million in enforced premium with Liberty yet on the commercial side. Uh, it just feels like it really is a partner relationship and i can't say that with all of our carriers uh but the liberty and Safeco definitely is so uh there you go uh, that's that's really it for my listeners are like okay we get it move on now yeah the the commercial has uh has hit home hopefully so um, (laughs) so when you look at the industry and specifically the ia channel in particular uh just Give me the the high-level view from your perspective as a thought leader, as a senior executive that has direct influence on the IA channel. What is the state of the union, so to speak?
4: Yeah, I mean, like I said kind of before, like, I've never been more excited about where we are right now. The independent agency system is candidly, you know, vibrant. And it's it's really beginning to make the investments it needs to continue to evolve. Um, We fundamentally believe that independent agents continue to have a competitive advantage relative to all other channels. The unique combination of ease of doing business, choice in terms of breadth of carriers, and custom tailored advice, the combination of those three continue to be a winning formula. And we truly believe there's no better way to purchase a quality product than through a trusted advisor and an independent agent. Uh, That value proposition continues to ring true. It's been a hallmark of the channel's success for many years. And we're seeing the channel overall not just maintain share, not just hold on, but continue to find new ways to grow, whether that's the number of new agency starts and formations, those entering the IA system, or by carriers pivoting and changing their direction as well. All of that's incredibly healthy for the channel and positions us incredibly well because it means, one, the market overall is increasing. Two, the extra investment in the channel that you're seeing, not just from carriers that have been operating the channel for a long time, but from carriers that have made either strategic acquisitions or some large bets. It just means more investment in the channel. And that collectively means more customers are really feeling that unique value proposition of ease, choice, and advice. So we're incredibly encouraged by where we are. Uh, I say over the last two years, we, we've run out of words to describe it. Unprecedented, you know, remarkable, certainly. Uh, but I think the thing that we look back on is how resilient agents have been. And not just you know dealing with the pandemic and dealing with working from home and dealing with a talent crunch. But finding opportunities to continue to thrive um, and agents' ability to be resilient, their ability to evolve and adapt has truly been the hallmark of the system's success, you know, for, for hundreds of years. Um, and so that for us means a lot. You know, we look at what's happening today uh, and we see nothing but blue skies ahead. Uh, there's a tremendous amount to be excited about. That doesn't mean it's, you know, it doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that evolution isn't necessary. And I mentioned, you know, those competitive advantages, superpowers, if you will, of ease, choice, and advice. I think most of your listeners would agree what it means to provide those in today's age. And for the next five years, will continue to evolve too. You know, ease of doing business and choice isn't purely shopping on behalf of a customer, multiple carriers, It now means meeting customers where they want to be letting customers choose and dictate how they want to be communicated with, making sure that service is available 24-7, it's on demand, it's deeply personalized. And so that's the level of evolution that we think the channel will face over the next 5 to 10 years. But we have every reason to believe that agents will continue to invest, continue to adapt, and continue to you know, really um, evolve their business to meet their customers where they want to be. Uh, it's incredibly exciting to see that happening right now, uh, and we're really excited about the next five or ten years.
2: When you look at the channel and you think about the, just the general state of affairs, what are one or two you know threats or challenges that the channel itself faces, yep. and then individual agents as well? I'd love to have both of those answers, if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, I I think the broad base, like what's the channel facing where we collectively all have work to do? Um, There's probably two I'd call out. The first is around digital and adopting digital and meeting customers where they want to be. And I'd say this has been an evolution. And we've seen many agencies really lean into the sales side of digital. You know, how do you make sure you've got a good website? How are you optimizing SEO? How are you really thinking about attracting customers via web presence? via social, etc. cetera, where there's still maybe a gap for us to fill is how are agents thinking about service? How are agents thinking about communicating with customers in new ways? And certainly the pandemic shined a light on that and accelerated a number of trends. So I'd say, generally speaking, the IA system is still behind some of the leading direct riders in digital usage for consumers. And that's a gap that we're actively working to help agents close, making sure that we've got the technology, that agency to win making sure that we continue to lead from the easy business standpoint and make it incredibly easy for consumers to do things anytime, anywhere. So broadly, digital would be one. The second one that comes to mind for me is just talent. And certainly there's been a lot of headlines about the great resignation, but candidly, it's been the number one issue on agents' mind for many years before uh, the pandemic. How do you bring new talent into the industry? How do they bring new talent into their individual agencies? And so that, you know, has been a struggle that agents have faced for a while. There's some great resources out there from associations, from carriers, uh, but really just the industry broadly, the infant agency system needs to find new ways to bring talent in. And we think there's a great opportunity for agents really to lean into looking outside of insurance for new producers, uh, for service talent looking at how to really tell the story and build a culture that not just attracts but retains key talent, and how do you look at bringing in diverse uh, individuals who can better represent the entirety of the community in which your agency is located to reach into maybe some opportunity areas agents are tapping into. So digitization, digital transformation, hiring, uh, continue to be at the forefront of what the channel is facing. And if you think about the staffing um, need, It's really pretty pronounced because if you look at the average age of an agency principal, uh, they're not getting any younger, and there is a huge need for perpetuation and bringing in new talent. So for the system to remain healthy, uh, collectively, we all need to come together to make sure that we continue to bring in the top talent uh, that keeps it a vibrant and healthy channel for all participants.
2: You know, early in the pandemic, I thought it was interesting because we definitely saw that... You know, every policy, every prospect was up for grabs and everybody was revisiting, you know, do I have the right insurance program for my needs, whether it was a family or a business or whatever. But as the pandemic has protracted over, you know, two years now, we're a month away from it being two full years. We saw the same thing happen with talent where every team member is up for grabs Everybody is looking at that door going, am I in the right place? No. Does my company really care? And the the whole shift to work from home, uh, looking at your background, I expect you're probably working from home right now. The way that work has evolved in the last two years, I think it almost gives forward thinking small business owners a massive advantage over these behemoths, you know, these corporate giants that have dominated the talent landscape for so long that really has given us a leg up to say, hey, talent over there, why don't you come talk to me? The compensation on your paycheck, I may not be able to compete exactly with what you've got from that giant company over there, but I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you a flexible, freedom-based work environment and you're going to have more fun and enjoy your work more than you do with that company over there, where it might be subject to uh, a, a vaccine mandate uh, or other large regulatory concerns uh, that plague these, you know, very large companies. That offices like mine and many of the yeah. agents that are listening to this, uh, that are you know working with Safeco and Liberty, they're simply not subject to some of those requirements and able to be a lot more flexible with how they choose to run their business. I think it's it's tremendously exciting. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, jokes on you, really big company, cuz we're coming for your talent and we're able to do things for them that you can't. It's it's really exciting to see what happens the rest of this year and and, and maybe even next year too. So
3: Absolutely.
2: Whew. So on that individual note, I I'm looking at my list here and I'm skipping around a little bit, so thanks for for being flexible with me. When you think about talking to an individual agent, you know, somebody who is looking at their carrier mix and trying to figure out, okay, how do I get the right mix of carriers for my business? What is a great way, maybe two or three strategies that you want people to be doing more of to have a better relationship with their carriers? And yes, obviously the caveat is, right, a billion dollars in new business premium with a 1% loss ratio. Okay, let's just take that one, set it aside. Obviously, everybody wants that. What can agents do to have a better relationship with carriers?
4: Well, I think, you know, for us, everything starts as a partnership, right? So it's really understanding what both sides need. Where is an agency headed for its overall business? Where is the carrier headed? Uh, And just making sure that that communication is in lockstep. You know, from a carrier standpoint, we're always looking to partner with agencies that have a couple of key characteristics. One... Uh, Partnership does matter to us, and, you know, that matters in the form of communication. That matters in the form of, you know, an agent needs choice. You know, typically an agency is carrying 10 to 12 carriers to meet the needs of of their local agency. You know, but if an agent has 35, 40 carriers or represents somehow all 300 that operate in the independent agent system, there probably is a point where that's too many carriers. Um, So how do you really just have the strategic partners you need, and a few carriers that round out the panel. So you make sure you can meet customers' needs for anything that comes in the door. Um, The other thing that's really important is maintaining a growth mindset. A partner that's always looking to improve their business. A partner that's looking to continually reinvest in the agency. That's looking for new technology uh, that can push the agency forward. Um, From a carrier standpoint, we want to make sure that we're partnering with agents that really are investing in their future, which means they're investing in our collective future together. Uh, And then third, you know, we kind of hit on this already. Are you building a culture that retains and attracts talent? Um, We've talked about the challenges of hiring, but I got to be honest with you. I've visited so many agents and you you go visit the physical environment um, and you you step back and it's like, okay, Tyler, we can hire all these new college grads. But once they're here, you know, they might only last a year or two you know, what's with it with this generation? Uh, And when you step back and you're like, okay, I'm looking around the office, it's somewhat outdated, it's got, you know, some old cube walls that look like they're from the 70s or 80s. There's an opportunity for agents to really look at the entire culture that they project, look at the physical environment they create, look at the policies you mentioned, whether it's hybrid work, work from home, flexibility, Look at leveraging the superpowers they have by being local. Being local and having an impact in your local community is a huge differentiator. Uh, and candidly, I don't think there's any you know, any channel in the insurance industry that does as much in their local community as independent agents. It's a huge selling point. So just really building a culture around taking care of your community, taking care of your customers, and creating a work environment that's exciting. Uh, is something that we look for in any
2: new agency partner. I think you may have answered my next question already, but specifically, you know, if someone is trying to be as attractive as possible to a new carrier, for instance, not necessarily, you know, being a good partner for the existing ones, but when they're looking for, you know, winning that appointment, is there anything specific that you guys look for when you're deciding, you know, this applicant gets an appointment, and this one over here doesn't.
4: Yeah, um, you know, maybe a couple points I'll add beyond what I, what I just said. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, every carrier is looking for what's your strategic plan. Um, how are you going to run the agency? What types of lead sources are you going to generate? So just kind of a the standard there of a good strategic business plan. Yeah. What I'd add, here, though, is, you know, we're always listening to the principal. Talk about their vision, their strategy. What is it that they're wanting to do with the agency? How are they going about the business? And again, from a partnership standpoint, just listening, is this someone who we want to support? Is this someone that we want to be a part of? Someone that is going to ultimately propel our mutual success as we move forward. You know, related again is culture. You know, what are they trying to build? What do they believe in? Who are they trying to hire? You know, all of that feeds into any prospective kind of prospect and carrier standpoint, say, is this someone that we want to take a bet on? Um, And it is a risk. You know, you'll appoint agencies that don't work out. So you want to put your resources and your energy into someone you really truly believe is committed to what they're trying to do, has a compelling strategy and a plan to execute it. Um, And for agency partners that are really putting the time into that, um, they're going to put their best foot forward every single time.
0: Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, a nationwide brokerage solutions. They understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com.
2: So when, when you think about Liberty's and, and Safeco, can I just say Liberty as a parent company? So, you know, the whole it, Safeco falls under the, uh, the umbrella. So much chatter in, in the, the social media and in the articles, whether it's insurance journal or you know, name another publication, the insure tech side of things gets so much focus because that's the new thing. It's hot and trendy and whatever, yeah. you know, the like lemonade acquiring Metro mile. And, some of their challenges are outside the scope of this conversation uh like for here in texas for instance uh hippo came in in 17 in 18 was super aggressive on rates and then just got absolutely slaughtered on their loss ratio and now in north texas at least hippo is basically saying no 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 sorry we're not really interested in writing business right now we're certainly not appointing agents when you look at the the swath of the InsurTech, these quote-unquote new wave of carriers, whether it's a branch or an openly or, or whatever along the lines, how does Liberty and Safeco stay in front of the innovation curve? When, when you look at what's next for Liberty Safeco, how do you all address the challenges of this emerging uh, wave of, of carriers that are much, much smaller than Liberty, don't have anywhere near the resources that you all do, but they're able to pivot and be more agile and deliver things that the consumer is not used to seeing from an insurance company. What what do you think is next for Liberty in responding to the challenges that, that an insurtech category poses to legacy players like Liberty?
4: Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. I, I think my view of insurtech generally is if you step back and say, okay, what is what is every insured tech company really trying to do? It's looking for an unmet need, either from a consumer standpoint or an agency standpoint, something that collectively the industry hasn't addressed. Um, Second, it's looking to deliver it in a very consumer-friendly, customer-centric way. Uh, And third, it's very digital forward, digital first in its approach and its solution. So if you look at those kind of core three things, and you look at any insured tech, agree that that's likely the recipe to success in all of them is really focusing on those three things. So as a carrier, our focus is there too, continuing to put customers and agents first in everything we do, making sure that we have solutions for common problems and that we're advancing the channel. Three, looking for unique ways uh, to deliver those, Um, pushing digital tools where we can, Um, And really focused on, again, meeting those needs where agents are. So from an insurtech standpoint, I really could make the argument that most carriers, uh, legacy incumbent carriers or new ones, are really insurtech companies from the standpoint they're really focused on those same three core principles. And I think for any insurtech that's coming to the market, there is something for us as a carrier to learn. Uh, In a lot of ways, it's pushing the industry and the channel forward. Now that insurtechs are partnering with agents, I should say. Um, but it's pushing the channel forward in terms of just accelerating investments that carriers need to make across the spectrum. I think for Liberty Safeco in particular, uh, it means for us that we have to do an excellent job at listening to our agency partners, understanding the trends and what matters to them, uh, ensuring that our ears are always open, uh, and then as we identify those unmet needs that we're quickly addressing them. Uh, and then one advantage we do have with respect to that is you know we are a large national organization. Liberty's a top global organization um, as well, and so we've got the scale and the capability to continue to invest to win. That means investing in new technologies. That means investing in seamless digital experiences. That means investing in a robust you know product set, product offering. You know we're um, we're a large carrier, so we obviously have broad product offerings. You know, personal lines, we have over 10 products that we offer. Small commercial, about the same. So collectively, we have all of the products that we believe agents need to win. uh, But that doesn't stop us. The commitment for us is to continue to invest to make sure that agents have all of the tools, all of the solutions they need to meet customers' emerging risk profile. So really, it's a story about listening, reinforcing the importance of that partnership that we share, and then having the wherewithal uh, to invest
3: so that we can deliver the solutions we need to win long term.
2: Honestly, I love everything about that answer. Uh, I think you're spot on there, and uh, I, I was kind of hoping that was the direction you were going to take the answer. You know, when when I look at the the pressure that emerging players put on the incumbent players, the ones that have been here for a while that have a lot of experience. It's just so good for the marketplace. And yes, I have to admit my bias that I am definitely a fan of a free market capitalist economic model. I think innovation happens when people are forced to, like you said, to listen and to figure out, okay, what's this new person up to? You know, whether You know, pick your insure tech. It doesn't matter. There's really so right. many of them. What are they doing really well? Where are they having success? Well, what can we do to adopt the things that are great about an insure tech? You know, and, and use our scale to really just bring the the effect to the user, uh, to the agent, to the insured. So, no, fantastic there. Uh, kind of along those same lines, one of the biggest pieces of news that came out of in, in the industry with regard to Liberty is the acquisition of State Auto. Uh, and I have to say, first off, I'm a huge fan of that acquisition. I think it is really good uh, for the channel. When i look at what state auto does very well uh their their web portal the user experience from an agent perspective is very smooth very easy from a product standpoint they do a couple of things better than liberty commercial auto is really the one that stands out to me as uh, that's really the only one i could think of on the top of my head but what's the message that you want to send specifically regarding ways that Liberty takes the best parts of state auto and uses it to improve the ecosystem, uh, specifically on the commercial side, because uh, I know that's where there's a lot of unique value in you know combining those two. Safeco probably doesn't have that much to learn from a state auto personalized side of things. But honestly, I'm very excited to see what happens when state auto and Liberty combine forces on the commercial side.
4: Yeah, well, thank you for the question. I, um, so for your listeners, as we record this, so we're still pending regulatory approval, so I can't share too much about what the future yeah, well, holds. That, I should have said
2: that. I apologize. Yeah.
4: No, no. But what I can tell you is why we're so excited about the acquisition pending approval. Um, and that really is the blending of two cultures that are very aligned. I mentioned we have a deep commitment to independent agents. State Auto, 100% dedicated to independent agents. We have a deep commitment to being leading in digital and technology. State Auto very much focused on technology and changing the way insurance is done as well. We have a commitment to being innovative company. So we have a tremendous amount in common. Uh, When we are able to come together, you know, we will be the second largest writer in the independent agency system. We'll be number two in personal lines. We'll be right there, close to number one in small commercial. And so from a scale standpoint, we think that is really exciting for us as well. And candidly, State Auto is big in some geographies where we are maybe underpenetrated from a delivery standpoint. So the coming together uh, is incredibly exciting for us. And our intention as we bring them together is really to use the acquisition as a catalyst to really fuel our growth and to build momentum. Our aspiration as a carrier is to be the number one rider through independent agents, to be the number one choice that agents make each and every day. That's a choice that we have to earn. Uh, but we are incredibly excited to be right there in that number two position. Uh, and we're excited about the road ahead to claim that number one spot.
2: Very well said. And again, thank you for reminding me. I should have noted the pending regulatory approval thing at the top. You, of course, think from a different lens as a senior executive. You unfortunately probably work with regulators a whole lot more than anyone in the agency side of the game ever will. So uh, well said there. I'm going to pivot back to the agent side of the questioning and and ask something for those that are on the captive side right now that maybe are still you know representing a farmers or an all-state or state farmer or triple a or AMFAM or whatever when when you look at advice that you want to give a brand new scratch independent agent someone who wants to come out of the gate hot what do you want to see from them what kind of advice would you give to someone who is launching a brand new agency that wants to have immediate success maybe even before they press the green button before they even open that door for the first time
4: yeah i mean i think uh, a huge thing is just realizing that being independent doesn't mean going it alone and so for any new agency uh, scratch agency, first time in the independent agency system. There's a lot to learn. And you've been on that journey yourself, so you know it all too well in terms of different aspects of running the business. How do you train staff on so many different carrier systems and products? There's just a whole lot to think about, a lot of things to worry about. Maybe some stuff as a captive that you didn't have to worry about because your corporate you know, parent provided it for you or did a lot of resourcing. What I'd offer though is as you move into this world, you know, this independent agency. There's a ton of places to get help. Um, some agents are joining network groups to get that support. Uh, some agents can really reach out to the insurance associations, either at the state level or the national uh, organizations like the Big I, or certainly carrier partners like Safeco, Liberty, but certainly other carriers as well. Offer an entire suite of different programs to help with training, to help with development, some offering agency loans to help new producers, embrace new technologies. There's a whole lot out there to help an agent get started. So my number one advice is just to tap into those new foreign partnerships, to leverage everything that's available to you to get off the ground, just realizing that there's a lot to think about. Uh, I think once agents get into it though, It really comes back to the quality of that strategic business plan, the quality of the vision and the strategy, the ability to build a culture and hire people that really are fully bought into that and are pushing the agency forward. Um, Those are are absolutely critical. And there's lots of tactics, right? Like you have a whole playbook of, okay, I've got to get my digital storefront going. Um, How am I going to generate centers of influence in my community? Am I going to go build a network with real estate agents or mortgage providers, local car dealerships? So there's a lot of, like, tactics within any of those plans. Am I doing purely digital marketing? Um, but at the core of it for me, it's about really starting to realize uh, that to build an agency that's going to be around a long time, it really starts first and foremost with that cultural element, uh, hiring great people, and then getting out of the way and
3: letting them do their thing
2: hiring great people, and get out of the way and let them do their thing. If you're taking notes on this episode, you better write that one down because we've heard that phrase from time to time, but, man, that is definitely true. Um, when I hear about anything negative regarding Liberty Safeco, one of the more common things that that comes up is a certain amount of – Uh, suspicion, if not distrust uh, from certain people in the IA world. And regarding uh, this Comparion thing that you guys have announced, I wanted to give you an opportunity to discuss the strategy behind Comparion because, I mean, anybody who's paying attention knows that Liberty's had internal sales agents for a long time that are able to sell Liberty Safeco products as well as other carriers. That's not anything new. Uh, That has been around for years and years and years. Uh, So, there's definitely a bit of a knowledge gap in people that are you know, saying that Liberty is not a friend of the channel with Comparion because I, I happen to think that that's not a true statement. Um, but I would love to give you the opportunity to address the subject of Comparion and then pivot to exactly how that is not a threat to the independent retail agents that are in a relationship with Liberty Safeco.
4: Yeah, and maybe I'll provide a bit of context on Liberty Mutual more broadly. So uh, Liberty Mutual as a company is really, in the U.S., is really multi-channel. We we participate in every channel there is. And the strategy behind that is we want to meet customers where they are. There are customers that have certain shopping preferences. You see that broadly in terms of market share between independent agent, between captive or exclusive agent, and between direct. Um, and so that's been our holistic strategy for a long time. For me, in my role, I'm 100% dedicated to the independent agency channel. That's all that I do. But there are other aspects of Liberty's business under the Liberty brand for personal lines, uh, where they go to market direct. Um, They go to market online, through call center, or through exclusive agents. So that's been the kind of general strategy. I'd say our independent agency business is our largest channel. Um, And so it's hugely important, critical to our long-term success. So just in terms of the broad Liberty context, that's a little bit uh, more about um, who we are and how we've gone to market. Comparion is an example, honestly, of a trend from my seat in the IA channel that we've seen happening for a while. The overall channel has remained flat despite lots of consolidation activity. And that's because of the level of new starts, the level of new agency formations. Largely fueled by defections from the captive channel, large uh, captives, uh, people spinning off, becoming independent. So that's been an incredibly healthy dynamic for the independent agency system. Um, and it comes back from my standpoint to the value proposition, uh, value proposition for you know, someone who's in a captive world becoming independent agents, uh, making that jump as you referenced into that world. Um, You know, what's in it for them in terms of their ability to build a business, Uh, they run it the way they want, etc. And the value proposition I mentioned for consumers, ease, choice, and advice, we believe is the best way for a consumer to purchase insurance. And so you've seen this pressure on the captive channel for some time. You've seen market share over the past 10 years really shift in favor of the IA channel and in favor of direct. And what you've seen over the last few years is a few companies making strategic pivots uh, with their exclusive or captive distribution. Uh, certainly, Nationwide was the first big one. Um, and then recently, as you mentioned, uh, Liberty's exclusive agency channel mentioned, uh, uh, noted their pivot to creating Parion and operating more like an agency. So I say broadly, it's a step in what's been a continued evolution. I think for the independent agency system, we should look at that as a healthy dynamic. One, it's a positive proof point that the value proposition the independent agency system offers is compelling. You've got more people wanting to enter it, either from existing captives or from pivots from carriers. Why? Uh, Because agents continue to provide a, a great business model, really strong economics. If you look at the earnings potential, look at the margins. That's what's fueling the M&A activity as well from private equity. It's just the broad value of an independent agent. So that's positive. Second, I do think collectively, as more people come into the channel, it provides more investment, Uh, more investments in product, more investments in technology, which is good for all agents. It brings more people, uh, producer talent into the industry, more agency owners, more producers, more CSRs that are operating in the independent agency space and as you do that you bring more consumers with it so we now collectively as a channel are representing more customers that value those same three things ease, choice and advice more than ever before and that's a very you know healthy dynamic now some agents will look at the news and say hey that's a competitor you know how can how can tyler say that they're fully committed to independent agents when there's a competitor and the reality is You know, as they were exclusive agents, they were also competing. Yeah. Uh, And so it's the same competition you had before. um, But candidly, now it's under a different brand. um, But it's operating in an environment that really drives uh, some key advantages for the channel over time. And that's what we're really about, maintaining a healthy, independent agency system for the long haul. Um, Speaking for, you know, Safeco, liberty-pointed agents, I would say this. You know, first and foremost for us as a carrier, we have an unwavering commitment to independent agents. Uh, we are committed, as I mentioned, our brand promise to do more than any other carrier to help agents thrive. Nothing about the compare and announcement changes that level of commitment. Uh, we are, with the close of state auditor, the day, second largest carrier in the channel. Uh, we have the intention to be number one, and being number one for us means being the first choice. We're independent agents anytime you have a personal or a small commercial policy. And that's something that we intend to earn each and every day. Uh, and that's something that only comes from a deep commitment that we have to being successful with agents. And we like to use this, you know, to guide our thinking. But nothing happens, nothing happens for us until an agent chooses us. Yeah. Nothing happens until an agent chooses to put a piece of business with us, Trust us, Uh, with that policy and with their customer. Uh, And so to earn that choice, uh, it means a lot. And and it's something that we intend to do through every interaction, through everything we do to the channel. Uh, And uh, if anything, we're investing more in 2022, 2023, in the years ahead than we ever have before.
2: So for the skeptics out there that are sitting back in their chair with a cross look on their face... When when you look at Comparion from a competitive position to the, the retail agents uh, as a whole that have a relationship with Liberty Safeco, uh, is the rating model the same, the discount structures, the underwriting, actuarial, et cetera, et cetera? Are, are we on a level playing field with a Comparion agent, or is there any kind of gotcha where Comparion has some kind of advantage because they're in-house with Liberty Safeco?
4: Well, I'd say there's still a lot to learn. You know, the announcement was kind of a step one in a multi-step process for the exclusive agents to pivot into that model. And they're still working through exactly how it will work. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they will operate in an environment where it's a choice environment where reps have multiple carriers and products to sell. And part of that is really going to market like any other independent agency. Yeah, uh, and trying to really operate as if they were completely standalone, even though they're owned by a corporate parent. Um, Comparion, and you know, whether agents like this or not, but Comparion is not the first carrier owned agency in the market. There's a number of examples, no, um,
3: not even
2: close, <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Now, I, I personally, I don't even understand the kerfluffle of the whole thing. I was just, guys, what's the big deal here? Carriers have internal agencies. Carriers have direct channels. I mean, and this might be music to your ears, but I pitched a big fit literally last week because we have an account that's currently with Travelers, and it's a rounded, personal lines account, home, auto, umbrella. We did exactly what we're supposed to do. We got notification that that policy had been uh, aor to Travelers' internal agency but the, the catch was the insured wasn't aware of exactly what had happened and they only took the homeowner's policy. I checked with their systems and we still had the auto and the umbrella in our agency and our code. We reached out to travelers and just like, what the heck, man? Like, what are y'all doing? What's going on here? And the response from our rep at travelers was basically to put his head in his hands and say, I really don't know why this happened. It's not supposed to happen like this. And it's kind of a thing where we're sitting here going... Come on travelers, like that's not in the best interest of the insured or your retail partner, probably shouldn't happen that way. So, the whole thing about Comparion, I'm operating from a a lot more of a holistic viewpoint. I'd really try to see the whole forest, not just one tree. And there's, I mean, in IAOA and all these insurance groups on Facebook, there's a lot of negative energy that I don't really understand about Comparion. I'm like, guys, this is nothing new. Of course, carriers are going to have every distribution channel available to them. Of course they're going to write policies internally. Why wouldn't they so uh, i'm with you i don't I don't see this as anything new uh, and thank you for you know confirming that this is an evolving thing and you know these Comparion agents obviously have access to other carriers and are going to be riding through companies other than Liberty Safeco. I think the the big concern from the conversations that i've had in the marketplace is that those comparing on agents are going to have some kind of a a special discount code or in some way be able to incentivize someone to work with them rather than work with a, you know, an open market retail agent for a Liberty or Safeco product. And it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen.
3: No, in fact, uh,
4: for Safeco Liberty products, we have no special discount codes for any agencies in the country. So Um, you know, so there is a consistent product in market across the country with every one of our agency partners.
2: Love that. What did we miss on the Liberty Safeco side anything you want to discuss? Uh, I have a couple of questions for you personally as, as a leader in a, in an industry professional, but before we leave Liberty Safeco, uh, behind us in the conversation, anything that you want to talk about before we go?
4: No, I think um, I think I've said it. You know, like I said, we're um, we're incredibly fortunate to work in this great industry, uh, partnering with independent agents. I would maybe offer my thanks to your listeners uh, that have made the jump. But just the last um, two years have been pretty crazy for all involved, uh, and we are incredibly proud to partner with twenty four thousand retail agents across the country. Uh, that found a way forward, found a way to continue to be resilient, found a way to continue to step up when their customers need it the most. Um, and that means a lot to us. And just uh, for agents to value our partnership, um, our agents to really step up in a pretty crazy environment, not just finding ways to hold on, but finding ways to grow, finding new levels of success. In some cases, record revenue growth uh, is truly remarkable. And we're just incredibly proud of what everyone has uh, endured and continues to to work through as we now unwind supply chain issues, all that. Um, so there's just uh, a lot to be grateful for and a lot to be excited about
3: as we look ahead.
2: I can't think of a better way to wrap up that part of the conversation. Now, as we as we end, I really have two questions, and they're for you as an individual. You know, you have achieved tremendous success by any measure in your 23 years uh, at Liberty SafeCo, and I think. Everybody listening can definitely learn uh, something from you and the way that you uh, you know, carry yourself. My two questions first is, what are you doing at this point uh, to, to grow and develop? You are the leader of a dynamic and large and complex team. You've got a lot going on. There's a lot on your plate. How does Tyler Asher stay in front of all of that? Maybe from a headspace, maybe from a skill set, whichever direction you want to take, the answer is totally up to you. What are you doing now at this point to move forward and to make sure that you stay sharp, that you stay on your game, that you are continually being the best version of you in a professional sense?
4: Yeah, you know, like anything, it's really just investing time and putting time aside to not just stay up on current trends in our industry, but current trends that are happening in adjacent industries, things that we can learn from. So putting time aside to really be thoughtful about strategy putting time aside to really focus on professional development and growth, uh, putting time aside just to, you know, think about what's happening, to kind of lift your gaze, so to speak, as to, like, what's coming next. Um, for me, that means, like, really being deliberate about that. You know, at my calendar each week. It's, like, what are the most important things that I'm focused on um, and making that a priority. You know, as you get into running a business or running a large team, any of your listeners would say, I don't have time. You know, it's really hard to set time aside for myself. Uh, But it's absolutely critical, particularly around strategy, particularly around making sure you're thinking about, you know, what's ahead. So just uh, to be visionary means you've got to have time to think about that, right? So um, that's kind of the number one thing. You know, I think like any individual, any organization, um, it's really about, I mentioned this already, just maintaining a growth mindset, realizing that there's still uh, for me, I'm still a student of this industry. I'm 23 years in, but there's still a lot that I learn every day. And so it's just maintaining kind of that outlook that every conversation, every interaction I have, either internally or with an agent, is an opportunity for me to learn, an opportunity for me to grow. Um, and so just really focusing on where are those key you know areas where you know I'm still you know putting some things together, and uh, every day I learn something. So. Um, once you feel like you know it all, that's, that's
3: when you uh,
4: need to do some self-reflection. So it's a very dynamic, complex industry that we're in.
3: So just really focusing on it yeah, is huge.
2: Spot on. No, I'm taking that one to heart for myself, too. That's for sure. You know, last question here. Book magazine you know article website what is it that you've read in the recent uh past maybe you're reading it right now that you find just to be really impactful uh for you uh in your journey
4: um Let's see. Well, I'm reading. Um, I'm going to forget the name. Of it. I actually have it at my desk, but I'm reading a book right now about how um, insurance uh, basically under underwrote the history of the United States. So it's on Amazon. I'll have to give it to you afterwards. But it's a it's a great history lesson on the role insurance played in the formation of our country. Mm. Uh, it's fascinating. I'm halfway through it, but I love it. But I'd say the most um, the most memorable like recent read from like a management perspective. Uh, the infinite game, which is a Simon Sinek book, but it looks at the role. Okay. You're, you, you recognize I love
2: it, that book. It's fantastic.
4: It's, you know, and it's, if you, if, so for those who haven't read it, like the main premise is this, if you think about, you know, we always think about playing and winning, you know, winning in business. Um, and you know, normally, uh, the premise is that a game has finite time period, right? You're, you're playing a game for four quarters. We had the super bowl yesterday. Um, Game's four quarters. At the end, you have a winner. Um, you have a set of rules everyone follows. What the infinite game kind of flips is a little bit like the game that we're in isn't ever going to end. Uh, winning the game means that you keep playing the game. Um, and as a leader, uh, really being reflective of what does that mean? Um, and for me, uh, you know, I kind of took away from it. It means that You know, you're really focused on how do you make sure that everything that you're building up every day continues? How do you prepare the next generation of talent or leaders in your organization to continue to propel the business forward? How are you planting the seeds uh, for future growth now that, you know, you may not see the full benefit of for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, maybe past the time you've left? So it was just a a fascinating read. In terms of thinking about winning differently. Winning isn't necessarily having the highest score at the end of the period uh, in the business we're in. It's about keeping the business going. And and that, for us, means a lot as an organization. We've been partnering with independent agents for over 100 years. So we've been at this a long time. uh, And we're just really excited to continue to partner with agents and build a foundation for success
3: for the next 100 years.
2: No, I'm an absolute nerd for insurance stuff, so I would love that uh, that book that you're reading on, you know, how insurance has underwritten the history of America. Uh, I will definitely add that one to my list for sure. Uh, bonus question: I'm throwing you a curveball here. Not anything work related. Tyler Asher has a full day. Money's no object with you, with your family, wh- whatever. How are you spending your time? You get to pick. You do whatever you want with your 24 hours. What are you going to spend your time on that day?
4: Oh man, twenty four. I can go. I can go
2: anywhere. Anywhere, anything. Money's no object. No work. You have like blessings from work to be gone and do whatever you please.
4: Uh, you know, we actually uh, a couple years ago right before the pandemic, we were fortunate enough to build a, a house kind of out in the mountains, not too far from where we live in Seattle. Um, it's about eighty minutes away, but it is uh, it is my paradise. Just getting out into the mountains, being outdoors hiking uh rivers for fishing i would just take the opportunity
3: to get out of town unplug and just spend time with family
2: simple and perfect answer i think that's something we can all relate to absolutely did we miss anything anything else you want to hit before we wrap this thing up
4: no, just really appreciate it being out with you, James. Hope you have a great day, and thanks for inviting me on.
2: No, this, this was really good. I know there's a lot of meat on this bone. Our listeners are definitely going to appreciate this. Tyler Asher, president of Independent Agent Distribution with Liberty Mutual and Safeco. Thanks so much for being on with me. And that's really going to be uh, the end of our recording here. Freedom Jumpers, thanks as always. And y'all take care. We will catch you next time. Make it a great day, boys and girls.
1: Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite podcasting platform to get automatic updates on every new episode and help other people find us organically. If you like the content you hear, please drop us a quick review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share Agency Freedom with someone you know who is still on the captive side of the insurance world. They'll thank you later you can connect with other freedom jumpers ask questions get advice and share your best practices in our facebook group just type agency freedom podcast in the search bar visit our website at agencyfreedompodcast.com to sign up for our email list and get access to exclusive resources and sign up to be a potential future guest on the show we welcome your comments feedback and ideas Email podcast at riskwell.com, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help our listeners go from captive to indie to market domination. Until next time, let's
5: go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.